morning and welcome to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, your host for, well, this is going to be our last live Saturday morning of the year. So uh, sit back and enjoy. We've we've got good and in, inter, interesting information for you today. Um, I don't know what you got planned for the holidays, but uh, hopefully it's hopefully it's a great time. Hopefully you'll be able to spend some quality time with with your family and and loved ones, and just just embrace embrace this time of year. As uh, as some quotes that I like to read talk a lot about. Man, if it, why can't we just have this attitude and and this feeling of joy and love all year round? Why do we have to wait for Thanksgiving and Christmas? I don't get it. Right. So maybe as you're sitting there making your New Year's resolution, maybe think about that. How can I? How can I enjoy the feeling of Christmas all year long? Well. That's not what we're going to talk about today, but <laughs> just think about that. Hey, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, as always, there's plenty to do here in beautiful East Tennessee. <clears throat> Downtown Knoxville is decked out for the Christmas season. There's an ice skating on Market Square, the Elf on the Shelf scavenger hunt, and the Peppermint Trail. Or you could take in Christmas lights at Founders Park in Farragut or the Cove at Concord Park. Nice little stroll. The 37th annual Clayton Holiday Concert is back at the Civic Auditorium with performances at 3 and 7.30 today. For info on all the holiday events happening around town, go to visitknoxville.com. And just in case, if you have tickets for tonight's Ice Bears game and you haven't seen the news, hang on to them. Due to a mechanical problem at the Coliseum, there's no ice to skate on. Tonight's game against Quad City will be rescheduled to Sunday, March 24th. Well, for the final broadcast of the year this year, well, we'll be running the best of around the house episodes for the next two weeks so the station employees can, well, enjoy the holidays with family. Mr. Richie in there, well, he's done such an amazing job. He deserves a break. So hopefully he'll get to sleep in a little bit. I want to end 2023, my first year as the host of Around the House, with a look back at the year and maybe some predictions for the new year. I would like to ask, as you have listened this year, I, I want to hear. I want to hear what it is you want to hear. What is it that we can do to make this show more interesting to you? Feel free to send us an email at thehouse at hissecurity.com. That's thehouse at hissecurity.com. Well, to help me reflect a little bit on this year, I've got a special guest with me this morning. My business partner, Mr. Doug Fraker of His Security and Technology. Good morning. Good morning. Not sure how special, but hey. Yeah, well, hey, I'm trying to be nice. That's right. Right? There That's you right. go. Uh, man, what a year. It is. It's been a weird year. It has. Uh, you know, we, we've gone through a lot in, in the past several years. Uh, obviously, we've been through the pandemic, um, coming on the other side of it. And, and man, things have changed. Uh, things have changed. Of course, in our world, in the world of technology, things change every single year. Uh, if if that, maybe every single month on some months. Uh, but, the, you know, I've noticed, obviously, like in our business, 
uh, as you know, I I love to look at these numbers and look at the data. And typically, in most businesses, you can go back and you can look and see the uh, historical data of what your trends are. Right? You can you can just see historically your best month is this month and your worst month is this month and. What I have found in our industry in those trends over the last 10 years, uh, they're unpredictable. They're unpredictable at best. They're ever-changing, and that's because our technology is changing. And what we can do and what we expect from a security system now is completely different. True. I mean, we don't – yeah, we still call it a security system, but at the end of the day, it's a – it's a quality of life system. It's a it's a home automation system. Yes. You can do all kinds of stuff now with what used to be called the security system. From controlling your lights, locks, thermostats, just a way of life. We're used to it was you turned it on when you left and you didn't think about it anymore until you got back. Yeah. Well, and, <coughs> and for people that know you, they know that you've been in this industry a uh, a little while um you're saying i'm old uh i'm not saying it <laughs> i'm not i'm not <laughs> i mean i've heard others say it but yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. uh <clears throat> but you know the the thing is is I, I mean my how our industry has changed it has it's crazy um you know it used to be and, and even me when i started in this industry you would you, you know you were the kind of the behind the scenes guy you came in you did your little part and uh, you made sure that the system was monitored. And, and like you said, right, you, you DTTT hit the buttons on the way out and you hit the buttons on the way in. There was no remote controls. There was no, no apps. No. Um, <clears throat> even when I started in this business, wireless was not as prevalent. Um, the technology of wireless technology for security sensors um, has changed a lot. But, uh, well, Let's talk about that a second, right? Because I, we, there's a lot of confusion when people say wireless. Well, and that's funny you say that. I can remember the first wireless system that I ever tried to put in a residential house. And, oh, what troubles it had. <laughs> but that was the up-and-coming technology. Now to see it, it's, it's every day, no big deal. Right. Well, and of course, you know, we, we work with a lot of different industries, uh, a lot of builders, realtors, things like that. And in one of the things and we always, I always hear this from people all the time. We're like, well, do you really need to wire anymore? It's all wireless. And, and I'm like, wait, stop, stop, you know, because what has happened is the communication source of the alarm went from a landline telephone line. Right to a wireless communication mm-hmm. and it, it's still a misnomer to me but it is it, it is the point of confusion in what we do because people just automatically think because that communication is wireless they're like as everything is wireless and then we throw confusion into it because now we use wireless devices right right but we really just within the past really the past 12, 15 years, have those wireless devices come to a point that are um, stable? They're just as good as having a wired device. And I know the old guys in our industry would argue with that. 
Uh, there's a lot of arguments. There's a lot of pros and cons to both of that. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that's the big confusion when we talk about wireless. So the communication of your alarm system back to a central station or to your provider of your app is wireless. To a degree. To a degree. Only a little bit. Well, the communication <laughs> is, right? Yes, the system still has to have power. But that communication uses a dedicated cellular connection. Right. So much like if you have a tablet that has a data plan on it, even though you don't use it to make phone calls and receive phone calls, it has a telephone number. But if you call that number, it doesn't go through because it's a masked number. And so that is, that's what really started a lot of confusion in our industry is because of, well, it's it's just wireless. And, And that point of it's just wireless was the communication of the alarm, not the operation, because still at this point in time today, let's face it, if you can wire it, you're better off to wire it, you know? We, we do tons of new construction wiring. Right. As, and if you're doing a new construction home, it makes sense while there's no sheetrock to put wiring in place. A, you don't have batteries to deal with. You'll have typically one, maybe two backup batteries that replace every five to seven years. Whereas if you're doing 20 doors, if it's a large house and you've got batteries in every one of them, some of the contacts have two batteries. So 20 doors times two, that's 40 batteries. You got to change every five years or so. Yes. So, and we know when does the battery die? Oh my gosh. Well, it dies in the uh, middle of the night on the smoke detector. When does the battery die? Oh, always in the middle of the night. morning. Yeah. (laughs) Always. Yeah. And you know why? You know why that is? That is the the barometric pressure change in our world. It's correct. It's correct. Because as whether you want to comprehend it and believe it or not, we are an evolving ball of energy, and there is magnetic uh, magnoelectric energy flowing through the air constantly. And as that pressure changes, the flow of that electricity changes. And that is why they always go off beep, beep, beep in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Isn't that great? Yeah, boy, especially when you're the on-call guy. <laughs> yeah, right. I heard that. Uh, well, speaking of on-call, we're on-call here for you. If you've got questions about technology or if you want to know, well, I don't I don't really care. Whatever you want to ask, let's just give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security Technology, and I have, well, I've got my my partner in in business. No, not crime. That's what we prevent. See? Careful with your words there, Mr. Fraker. That is true. Mr. Doug Fraker, we have, holy moly, man, how long have we been doing this together? Well, as our own company, we've been in business 14 years. Yeah. Just shy of 14. Yeah. But then we worked together probably, what, a year and a half 
before that something like that year and a half or two yeah yep so um a day or two yeah a day or two day or two um you you know i i just was uh was was just thinking about the weather forecast and you know we're gonna have a short little cold spell coming but you realize christmas day it's supposed to be 50 degrees here beautiful i know right I'm not going. I'm not going to tell you what it's supposed to be where I'm going to be at, but I would uh, say uh, 75, 77. Like 77. Yeah, sunshiny, seventy-seven. Any anyway, rate, the ground I, could be. Uh, I digress. Kind of, kind of white if you're at the edge of the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A little will, grainy. Hard to, that way. A, hard to build a snowman. Nice, nice and comfy. Yeah. Any rate. Uh huh. Uh, I don't know what your plans are for this holiday season, but uh, man, I, I I just I just hope that you can just take some time, decompress, enjoy enjoy those around you. Um, that is the most important. Our our family every year we we go visit my father in in Southwest Florida, and um, you know it's a great time for us to just kind of relax and rejuvenate and. Uh, my wife and I get to celebrate our wedding anniversary while we're there. It's always fun. So, anyway, with all that, let's move on. All right. You know, a lot of things have changed. We are all ordering our packages, and we're all hoping that if it's coming USPS, it actually shows up. Um, you know, Amazon, FedEx, UPS, it, it is a bluster of delivery trucks this time of year. And well, the other thing that happens this time of year is those dreaded porch pirates. Porch pirates. I haven't had to deal with any of those recently, thankfully. Recently, I say, recently. Right. I think we've all dealt with it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, having our credit card compromised. It's just a part of natural part of life anymore. Been there, done that. <laughs> but we we have a lot of tools to help with those porch pirates. We do. You can take now and through multiple cameras or even a single camera where it be a doorbell camera or a camera on the side of the house, just depends upon your situation. You can take and uh, with that doorbell camera, you can know the package is there. You can know if that package leaves other than by you. So if it just happens to disappear, you can know it. I'll get a, get a notification on your phone when it was delivered the other night, 10 o'clock at night, our doorbell camera says, hey, there's somebody on your front porch. What the heck is somebody doing on my front porch at 10 o'clock at night? They were delivering a package. So I don't think they know any hours at this point. It's just get them, get them to the house yeah. as soon as you can. Oh, we, we had that. Uh, we had that the other night. We were sitting we were sitting on the couch, and, and, it, and at my house, when you come up to that front door and it's dark, that doorbell will detect you and it will automatically turn on the porch light. Right. And I'm sitting there and I, I heard the click of the light switch and I'm like, what's going on? And so first thing I do, of course, I get my phone. And then as soon as I open up my phone, bam, I get the notification of package delivery on the front porch. And bam, I get the notification of the delivery was made from Amazon. So, <clears throat> you know, nowadays we have so much technology that we we know when those packages are delivered we can be aware of that 
But the problem is, is most of us are working to be able to pay for that package. So it sits there. It sits on the stoop. It sits on the porch. And so being able to have some technology available to to be able to protect that package, you know, you can always call a neighbor if you've got one that's available, et cetera. Um, but the, the package removal notification is a new one that uh, has recently come out for us. And it actually will alert you if that package has been removed. Correct. But it's but if you come from inside the house out and grab that package and remove it, if it doesn't see the person remove the package, it doesn't alert you. So it's it's got that AI built into it to understand that hey, if somebody comes from inside the house to get the package, yo dummy, that's okay. You know? That's okay. Right. That's right. <laughs> I like that part of it. Yep. Um so but some of the other neat things that are available through that uh we have for example if that doorbell notification comes in you open it on your app if you have other smart devices attached to it example a light a door lock overhead garage door those types of things those come up as an actionable item as well right in the app so you could say hey Mr. UPS guy, which by the way, you can't because they're already gone by the time <laughs> you get, you open your app. But <clears throat> you know, if, if there was somebody there that was doing a personal delivery, you'd be able to say, Hey, let me open up the garage door. Can you set it inside the garage? And you know, and I'll shut it when you're done. Right. So there are some things like that. Um, but I, I'm, you know, w- we keep creating more and more technology to be able to help with these scenarios. Um, but I'm just going to tell you, like, I'm a realist, you know, that I I'm, I'll be devil's advocate for any conversation you want to have, but man, when, when UPS or FedEx or even USPS, when they come and drop that package off, I mean, it's drop and go. They don't ring the bell. They don't do nothing. They drop that package and they're gone. Right. They're busy. They're busy. They, uh, they are running as hard as they can right now. Yeah, they are. You know, but if it's one of these that require a signature or something like that, you're having your expensive steaks delivered in a freezer box. Look, if you're having your steaks delivered, they're not expensive. They're not expensive. I don't know some of those. Some no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you're 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 the. uh, connoisseur no, I, steak. i'm not going to say that but <laughs> but i'm just going to tell you if you're mail ordering your meat okay you're you're, meat. you're not you're not using quality meat i don't care what omaha steaks tells you care. hey we're not supposed to throw rap brand names yes sorry right, my bad anyway you need a signature and the person's got to stand there you can then say hey open up the open the door for them let them set them inside or what have you so that's where I was going. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, so, but let's talk about some of the other benefits of these notifications, right? So, uh, the cameras nowadays are packed with this weird thing that we are learning about called analytics, analytics. right? I mean, we all know what analytics are. It's data. It's data, 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 data. And, but our cameras now are being able to drive information based on that data. What I mean by that is we can identify, is it a person? Is it an animal? Is it a vehicle? And and if it doesn't meet any of those requirements and the system can't tell what it is, it can call it an other. And I mean, at that point, you know, that's neat, right? That because at, I was just talking to somebody the other day about how cameras operate now 
versus how it used to be. You used to, we wanted to jam pack as much storage as we could store and record as much video and keep it stored as we could. So in the event when we found something happened, we could go back and try to find it. Well, four, now four hours of sitting there <clears throat> watching the grass, grass grow, right? Figure out who exactly crossed your lawn. Yes. Nowadays, through analytics, we now are are so much more in tune with what's happening because we get the notification of the important stuff. Because, quite frankly, I don't care that somebody walked down the sidewalk. I care if they approach my home. Mm-hmm. So now, through those analytics. I'm able to detect there's a person coming near my home and now I can get that alert. And so then I can look around that time zone, right? I can see before I can see after I have that, that recording of that as well. But because we're so much more in tune with what's happening, we're more proactive with how we are, are being on a informational standpoint of our home. Like you mentioned it. You know, you got a notification about a car pulling in the driveway. Right. Right. Uh, countless, countless stories. Um, I just <clears throat> was speaking with a, a fairly new customer of ours um, just a couple of weeks ago at an event. And, and, man, he came up to me. He's like, I just got to tell you, I love this so much. And they have a long driveway. And he's like. I got a notification. It was nine o'clock or something at night, and I got a notification that there was a car in my driveway. He's like, "There shouldn't be a car in my driveway," and so he was able to go see what it was. Luckily, it was just somebody who I don't know why they felt it was okay to drive up his driveway, but they drove up and they just literally turned around and went right back out. So right. it wasn't a delivery. It wasn't. It was one of those weird things. So, but again. That awareness, that awareness that occurs mm-hmm. in our systems now is it, it's a learning system to boot. And what I mean by that is through that analytic, for example, I use my house all the time. When we moved into our house, I've got this huge landscape rock out front. And for the first six weeks or so that we lived there every time the wind blew i would get a notification that there was an animal in my front yard i guess it thought it was a bear hibernating i don't know (laughs) it didn't say what kind of animal it did not say it just says animal but it would say animal and through the app i can give it a thumbs up or a thumb down did they get it right did they get it wrong and i said wrong it's a landscape rock wrong it's a landscape rock and guess what in less than six weeks I've never received another false positive notification. Right. Yeah. That's that's the learning ability of our AI today. Yeah. It's it's not just set by somebody somewhere else. You you can interact with it. You can tell it what's right, what's wrong. You know, the cobweb that comes up on the cameras, which they will happen. I got that the other day. It's like, oh, I got a notification says there's an animal outside, and I look at the the saved clip and oh i guess i need to go out there with the swiffer thing and knock the cobweb off go clean it off clean it off all right well listen we'll uh we'll come back and babble some more about technology all right um by the way thanks for thanks for last minute filling in for me this morning so uh if if it sounds like we don't have a great plan well we got a great plan it's just we're going to talk about technology and what we do so it's easy enough <laughs> hey if you've got questions about uh, about technology maybe you're looking for a great technology gift for your loved ones for the holidays we can help we can definitely help
Give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. We'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. If you are just now joining us, I am blessed in studio this morning with my business partner, Mr. Doug Fraker of his security and technology. And well, we're we're talking about I don't know. We're just really talking. Nothing in particular, I guess. You know, a little bit about uh, this past year, and a little bit about Porch Pirates, a little technology, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, but hey, if you if you need to find his security, you can find them at hissecurity.com. That's the easiest way to find us. Give us a call, shoot us a text, 865-474-9495. Or you can hit the chat uh, the chat box on our website. Uh, maybe just take a peruse, take a browse of some of the many and many things that we do at His Security Technology. But speaking of technology, you know, Christmas time is a great time for technology gifts um technology gifts and gadgets has been in the top 10 of christmas list items for the last 20 plus years it's hard to believe it is but then again pretty much anything electronic gets thrown into that list so (laughs) right that's good that keeps us on top but you know what maybe you're looking for a last minute gadget or technology product uh we didn't talk about it yet at all today but yes we do security we do all things related to security Mm -hmm. but we do a whole lot more uh we have a whole audio video side of our business um we are a sonos dealer so just fyi if you got somebody who's in need and you're looking for something neat to do and maybe a smart speaker is on your list that's right stop by give us a give us a call shoot us an email shoot us a text whatever it is let us know what you're looking for uh you know one of the great things about sonos obviously is the technology is packed into it's great i mean you know simple to use simple to use and great great music quality um they have won every uh from my knowledge they have won every lawsuit that has come against that they have been in regarding the uh use of their patented technology for their speakers um which is you know that really means a lot um the sound quality is amazing but the functionality and versatility is really cool because we can use sonos for a traditional wired nice beautiful clean in ceiling speaker um or maybe you just need a small portable smart speaker for a to move around your house well you are going to the uh, beach i am and you you do have a little speaker it's a little longer than a cell phone yeah yeah my little roam your little roam yeah you're sitting on the beach listening to your tunes watching the snowfall yeah i mean well no no snowfall but yeah from my phone from your phone snowing on your phone okay (laughs) it's snowing somewhere just not where i'll be where you are 
where your mom is maybe well and and <laughs> you know so and and that's that's one of uh, they've got a couple of really cool products that are fairly new um they came out a couple of years ago year and a half something like that uh but you have the move um and the rome so the rome is a very small like you said a little larger than the size of a cell phone kind of a triangular shape um and it is a portable speaker that can be operated from your phone via bluetooth and is battery operated rechargeable right right Right? so now you can have sonos on the go uh which is really kind of cool um then and then you can move into a larger speaker which is the move uh, it's got a fancy handle that you can just carry it around with you. Take it where you want. <clears throat> but again, it does have, it's got a charging dock and, and then it has a rechargeable battery built into it. So you can now take that and literally anywhere you're at now, which is, this is the new thing with Sonos is that they've turned their Wi-Fi speaker also into a Bluetooth capable speaker. Mm-hmm. So you can have it at home, sitting on your network on your Wi-Fi, and enjoy all the the functionality of Sonos. And maybe you're heading out to the ball game, the beach, wherever it is. Now you can grab that speaker with you, take it with you, and simply when you get there, connect via Bluetooth. That's right. It's uh, it's really neat. Um, you know the the latest with Sonos is the new Era line. Um, of speakers that they have come out with. Um, we were able to get pre-release and, mm-hmm. and play with those. I've got that era 300 sitting there at the office and man, the sound on that thing is it's crazy. It's amazing. It is. It is for, for something to be as compact as it is to have the sound that it does. Yeah. It used uh, to, you had all these speakers and amplifiers and all this stuff to get anywhere close to that. Heck, I remember the console radio turntable days. That was big stuff. You know, at your I age, bought, it, I bought mine at Zares. It's your you age. Know it's Zares amazing is. that you remember anything. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I know who Zares. <laughs> You're so young. Yeah, I'm so young. You're so young. Yep. Yeah. So young. Yeah. Well, you know, again, though, that technology is packed in there. But right. But the flip side, maybe. Maybe you are doing a little remodeling. Maybe you're adding on. Maybe you're building, and and you want to have your own theater room. And it doesn't have to be a dedicated room anymore. No, it doesn't. The house we're just finishing up, you helped me this week. We hung a 98-inch TV on the wall. We have a 7.2 surround sound system in the front half of the room. The back half of the room is a game room. It's got going to have the pool table with the ping pong deal that you can set on top of it to top of it. So it can be a multi-purpose room. Mm, yeah. People think theater room. Oh, I got to have the room with four closed in walls and no windows. No, we got solutions for you. Yeah. Well, you know, so. no different. Same thing in my house. You know, we've got, uh, in our bonus room, uh, it, it wasn't, just the dimensions and how everything is it's not good to be a dedicated theater room right and it's you've got the slope ceilings and all that that's right right. but the same thing i've got we've got the theater on one side of the room and on the other side of the room is 
the kids' playroom, basically. Yeah. You know, uh, well, now it's their gymnastics That's room. But, <laughs> uh, you know, so, but it's, but it gives that versatility and functionality. We can go and sit there, and as the seating is in that spot, it's, I, I mean, look, I love watching movies there. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I mean, you know, it's just like going to the theater. I mean, you feel it. Yeah, you know, you which can. I love that. Oh, I like. You know, that's <clears throat> it's all about the base. That's, a, that's um, right. Let's make it rumble. But, but again, but we still have the functionality of that room. Right now, listen. I, look, I'm not opposed to a dedicated theater room, and if you have the space and you've got the time and you've got the money, we have done some absolutely gorgeous theater rooms. Correct. Um, we have done some some very large theater rooms. Uh, and again, right? It, it it's all about the budget. Yep. Um, the sky's the limit when you start talking data rooms and AV and all that stuff. Um, but you know what? We 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 always come back to the same conversation though when we talk budget, right? It it it's real simple. If you're in the market for a new car, you can go buy buy a stripped down Nissan Versa, which is still classified as the cheapest available car in the market. Or you can go over here to Harper and start shopping a Porsche or whatever other vehicle you want. And there is a huge price difference. Big time. And there's a huge performance difference. Mm-hmm. There is a huge lifestyle difference. There is a lot of differences. And so... You know, people ask us all the time, well, what's something like that cost? Well, when I tell you I can't tell you what that cost, it's because I can't. Because I don't know if you want a Nissan Versa or if you want a, a Porsche Cyan. I don't know. Right. How, we, are, how are you going to use it? We can figure that out. We can figure it out. And that's one of the things that I feel like, you know, I mean, let's face it. You know, let's get real for a second. We've been business partners going on 14 years. We've worked together for almost two years before that. For us to be, to do what we do as long as we have and, and well, quite frankly, still be able to sit in the same room together, that says something, right? Right. And it's because at the end of the day, the end goal is always the same. It's making sure that we have clear, honest communication with our customers so that we can provide the solution for them. We want that customer, no matter what, to be happy. Absolutely. That's that's the end game. Yep. You know, it's, sometimes we succeed. Sometimes we're, we may not succeed at first, but we're going to continue to try to make, make them happy. Well. You know, some people, it don't matter. You're not going to make them happy. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I know one of those. Hey, quit looking at me. <laughs> Nah. Oh goodness! That, that is our end game. At the end of the day, when we're finished, all said and done, you're happy with what you have. Yeah. You're you a know how to use it. We didn't just stick it in and then say here you five minutes and out the door and right. Oh well, now what? I want to watch a movie. How do I turn it on? You call us. We'll walk you through it. Yeah. If we have to go back and sit down and let's write it down. Yeah. But still, make it simple. Pick up the remote and hit the power. Yeah, that's the other piece. Make it simple. Make, make it, it simple. simple. So, 
All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll we'll wrap up with Mr. Doug Fraker from His Security and Technology. You can find him online at hissecurity.com or by phone or text at 865-474-9495. If you got questions for us, well, you can always give us a call. Give us a text as well at 865 656 Eight two five five. We will be right back here on Around the House on News Talk ninety eight seven WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I'm speaking with Doug Fraker of his security and technology this morning, and well, we've you know just kind of been sitting here babbling and chit-chatting about different things you know a little bit about porch pirates and this past year wiring cameras sonos audio just about just about everything about anything you know by the way that that 98 inch tv that you mentioned that we just hung Mm -hmm. man that sucker is beautiful it is pretty Mm. it is beautiful uh anyway so, uh, you know, one other thing, of course, we love to talk about, uh, mantle mount. It's, uh, a very neat mount, very special mount. Uh, we are still Knoxville's only premier mantle mount dealer. That's correct. Um, which is a designation is very important to us. Um, we, we work very, very well with mantle mount and, um, you know, they have several products. They have a DIY line of product. Right. And we try to refrain from installing the diy line of product um you know it's got its place it's designed for its own application at the end of the day um they have a pro series and and we install a pro series mainly for two two real reasons one is we can make sure that it's going to suit whatever product that you're going to hang from it, right? Whatever right. TV you're going to hang off that mount or soundbar application, et cetera. But the other thing is, is the actual working longevity in the service, right? Because everything that we do, we always are looking at the serviceability factor of that product. And again, it comes back to you, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, everything has a, a a level of quality in the product. Um, just like if you go and you go buy a TV on Black Friday, right? It it's got it's a, a very special model number. It may have the the same LEDs in it, but but the back end that's driving it, the processors, right? I mean, a TV is just a mini computer, right? got a processor it's got a hard drive it's got all these same components that your computer would have and um it has a very special a very unique model number and it is designed and made just for black friday and you're buying a tv that's 75 inch for 300 dollars on black friday there's a reason it's 300 dollars. that's a perfect tv to throw out on the back porch that's right Right, and then when it dies, you throw it in the trash and buy another one. Buy another one, right? There you go. Um, that that's that is a great great place for that kind of TV. Uh, anyway, um, y- you know, we do so many things, and, and and we've talked many years that our goal is to be a solutions provider. It's really what it is. We want to provide solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we can't always provide the solution. You know, we've we've learned a lot over the last 14 years. Right. Uh, we've made some mistakes. Some of us more than others. I know. You don't have to point that out. I didn't say a word. Um, but we have learned some things. And, and, and it's hard, right? It's hard having a business, especially doing what we do, because we have such generous hearts. We want to help people. I mean, we really do. That's That's the whole point of what we are. And we get calls a lot of times from clients who have gone to particular large wholesale stores and bought their camera package system and didn't want help installing it or hooking it up or even worse servicing it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately we have, uh, through some of those mistakes have had to make some policy changes at our company that we, we no longer do that. Um, and, and I, I just, I want to touch on that a second because I, I hate that because I want to be helpful, but the flip side of it, as we already know from scenarios that we have dealt with, once we do that, then when something goes wrong, we're the one that the finger gets pointed at. And they want us to tell them what's wrong and they want us to fix it. And they want, you know, we didn't, you didn't buy it from me. Yeah. I I can't, you know, I can't fix the product. I can't fix it. Um, it, I may not even be able to get you a replacement because it's a package deal that they put together and that's been it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's hard. It's hard for us, you know, Um, but, but again, in order for us to maintain the quality of business that we have worked so hard for, um, it's unfortunate that we have to try to do that, you know, and I know, man, the, the, the folks in the office, they, they're always, you know, I'm just going to tell you, here's an everyday occurrence. Somebody calls our office and wants help doing something and, and our office staff is coming to me and Doug and they're pleading the case and they're like, well, can't we just go help? <laughs> you know, I, I, man, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could. I and, wish I could. Uh, it's just, it's difficult. You know, there's, there's a lot of landscape. There's a lot of things that go into it. I I see all the time on Facebook that there's the handyman who's hanging TVs and helping customers install their DIY products and all of that. And, uh, I'm just going to tell you, there are, there's a lot of licensing that goes into what we do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's still, it's, it'll get, It'll get washed out some point in time. But even now, if you don't have a license, if you're not a licensed alarm contractor, you are not supposed to be installing cameras. I don't care what your IT guy tells you. He's not licensed to install cameras or the handyman or anything else. There is a very specific license that you need to have for that. That is true. And uh, unfortunately, most people don't know that. And it goes overlooked on a regular basis. Right. So anyway, um, Man, I, Doug, thanks for for getting up a little early this morning and and coming to help fill this spot this morning. I appreciate um, it. Anytime. You know, I try not to just come in here and promote his security. I try not to, you know, have the resident once a month person come in from his security and talk tech all the time. Uh, but it's been a while, so I'm glad we were able to do that. And uh, glad and, to do it. Um, uh, my condolences to our uh, our original guest um, dealing with uh, death in the family. So, um, any anyway, rate, if you guys have questions, 
want to learn more about technology, learn more about what his security can do for you, give us a call, 865-474-9495. Visit us online at hissecurity.com. There's plenty of ways to be able to get in touch with us. And, well, quite frankly, as I tell everybody, the one thing about it, hands down, our goal in life is to be here when you need us. Doug, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming in. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to talk about the state of the real estate industry and what we have to look forward to in 2024 when we come back in the second hour of Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Well, good morning. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology, and I was blessed to have my business partner in studio with us the first hour. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I just got to say, man, I, I really am blessed as far as business partners goes, you know, um, Doug and I have our, we have our disagreements, but at the end of the day, we, we know the end goal and that is taking care of you. It's taking care of our customers. So, um, I certainly appreciate him. Hey, one of the things that, uh, well, we didn't get to in the first hour is our topic of the day. <clears throat> and just a few weeks ago, we had, uh, our friends from Reese across America here, so today is Reese Across America Day, a day set aside by Congress to honor the graves of fallen soldiers all across America. A couple of weeks ago, Chris Albrecht was here, president of the United Veterans Council of East Tennessee. He joined us to tell us how we can support our veterans and their families in the area. He also told us how we can help honor them. Did you know we have over 20,000 veterans buried in three military cemeteries in Knox County dating back to the Civil War? Today is the day volunteers will honor veterans by placing a wreath on their headstones to remember their ultimate sacrifice. I hope you can pitch in and place a wreath today. Ceremonies start at noon today at each of the three veteran cemeteries in Knox County. But if you can't make it today, I hope you can take your kids or grandkids to view the veterans' graves this weekend. Part of the mission of Reese Across America is to teach future generations that freedom isn't free and that it's important to pay homage to those who died protecting this country. If your family has a loved one buried in the local veteran cemeteries or one of the national cemeteries, just know we mourn your loss today and pray that you experience peace and joy this holiday season. Um Mr. Chris Albrecht is, uh, man, he's he's a pretty awesome dude. And I will tell you, uh, my conversation with him, if you were listening, you know he uh, he helped me and corrected me on the fact that this is all about honor. And as they place those wreaths and say that soldier's fallen soldier's name, um, that is the ultimate honor that we can provide. <clears throat> Reese Across America does amazing stuff. And amazing things. So um, get out there and give them your support. You can also make your contributions to them as well. Um, so here we are, second hour of the final show, live show of the year. We'll have a couple of uh, best ofs airing the next two weeks here so that, uh, well, Mr. Richie can sleep in on Saturday mornings and enjoy his weekends and celebrate with his family as well. If you're looking for something to do today, of course, there's not a loss of things to do in East Tennessee. Get on downtown. Check out the uh, Christmas decorations. There's ice skating on Market Square, the Elf on the Shelf scavenger hunt, and the Peppermint Trail. 
or you could take in the Christmas lights at Founders Park in Farragut or the Cove at Concord Park. The 37th annual Clayton Holiday Concert is back at the Civic Auditorium with performances at 3 and 7.30 today. For info on all the holiday events happening around town, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, as I said, this is our final live broadcast of the year. We'll be running the best of around the house episodes for the next two weeks so that uh, all of us station employees can enjoy the holidays with their family as we will as well. I want to end 2023 with, well, my first year as a host of Around the House by peeking into the crystal ball and finding out what the 2024 real estate market might look like. No pressure, Hanson, no pressure, right? (laughs) The Knox County Growth Policy Coordinating Committee is holding a public meeting on December 19th at 5 in the City County Building. The purpose is to get community input on a long-term plan for how the county handles future developments and infrastructure needs over the next 20 years. It is a complex task, and I'm glad to have, well, the expert, in my opinion, on the show to help us make sense of it all. He is the Government Affairs and Public Policy Director for the East Tennessee Realtors Organization, Hanson Sales. Hanson, welcome. Yeah, great to be here. Man, you, uh, I I know we only have an hour, so it's going to be difficult because... (laughs) Um, you and I could, you know, we could talk for hours about many and many things. Um, but you know, tell us, tell our listeners, how, how did you come about this being your passion in life? Because it is a passion. It is a passion. You know, it, it kind of fell in my lap. I have to say it was not something I totally seeked out in terms of the housing space. So my background was in economics, um, trying to apply that to public policy. I actually studied terrorism in school, um, and, you know, kept moving on and, and started to see a policy issue that I cared about and, and housing became the, the thing that I care about the most. And uh, it is a passion because it's it's a long-term thing, especially when you're talking about public policy. It's like, we're going to implement something today and it's uh, probably, you're not going to see the fruits of your labor until 10 years from now. So right. uh, different different uh, course of, of study, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like I teach my kids, right? Every Every action has a consequence, and sometimes that consequence is good. Sometimes it's bad, <laughs> but you got to be aware of that action, right? You got to be willing to look out and see what are the possibilities. How could this go wrong? How could this go right? And well, you do that well. You 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 really help our communities in so many ways. So I appreciate it. Thank you for that. Um, so, well, let's talk about. 2023 first how uh you know what what's been different 2023 and how how have we fared as far as our market goes you know 2023 was a rough year particularly for people in the real estate industry but home buyers home sellers everybody's had a rough time of it the last year i mean when we look going back to to covid and coming out of the pandemic it's it's crazy town there's 15 20 offers on every house that hits the market um, you know, it, it was a crazy, crazy time, particularly for buyers. But but at the same time, buyers had low rates. So, mm. you know, people had some flexibility as what they were looking at. Um, 2023 has been a totally different story. You see interest rates, mortgage rates um, up at the the highest level since really early 2000, mm. um, you know, seven, I think it, it 
got close to 8%, which is a far cry from the 18% of the 80s. But, uh, you know, lo and behold, most most people who are buying a home today don't acutely remember the 18% mortgage rate. So, mm. I mean, you look over the course of the year, just what you are able to afford. If you're that typical median home buyer, it just fell dramatically mm. from, yeah. you know, a large piece of the market to now you can only afford, you know, 10, 15% of the homes on the market. And, um, you know, that's part why sales fell uh, considerably. So last year we saw sales fall 9%. Uh, this year, um, probably going to end the year around 15%, which is is the largest drop in uh, mm. since 2000. So uh, really one of the biggest contractions in our housing market and probably Knoxville history. Well, it, and I guess maybe to at least put a little positive light on that is is that is still below what the national average was because yeah. I think it was what nineteen twenty percent decline. Yeah, so we fared better. Knoxville has seen we're continuing to see job growth. I mean, the chamber uh, does a really fantastic job of working on mm-hmm. on seeing expansion in the region. We're seeing a lot of uh, and continuing to try to keep UT grads here. And you see some companies like Axel Logistics and those companies that are really blowing up, which is, is bodes very well for our housing market. Um, and then you, you factor in, uh, we're, we're getting a lot of retirees uh, and a lot of remote workers just by virtue of the fact that we don't have a state income tax, mm-hmm. uh, which continues to reap um, you know, a lot of benefits in terms of continuing to see our economy move forward. And that's in part why, you know, Tennessee has been a migration destination. You know, we haven't been Florida, uh, but we've, we've seen a lot of migration. In fact, our population growth, our natural population growth has been negative, uh, for the last five years, really. Uh, so more people are dying than are born. So all of our population growth is people moving here, uh, which is keeping things moving. Uh, for our economy, which is bodes well in the long run. There's some growing pains for sure. There, there's always growing pains, right? Yeah. I, I mean, we, the, the one constant in life is change, and with change comes change, right? I mean, and none of us like change a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, and, Even when it's needed. Yeah, well, and then, you know, it, it feels bad to some longtime residents when you're you're being outbid uh, by at least what you perceive mm. to be an out-of-state buyer. Right. I try to warn people, uh, you know, everybody likes to say, you know, the out of the 10 offers, you know, nine of them are out of state. That's, that's, that's not quite true. Um, you know, it's still a majority of the buyers are local, but, you know, that extra 20% of out of state buyers, uh, you know, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, yeah. it, it's, we're, we're still a small t- town in a lot of ways. So, um, it's a big deal and they're bringing money from, from other high cost areas that, uh, you know, we just don't have here locally right. in East Tennessee. Right. Which is not a bad thing. That's why they're coming here. You know, let's face it. Exactly. I tell people, and we'll we'll get on to this a little bit later, but I tell people all the time, the only way to stop growth is to make your community undesirable. Hmm. And if we stop growth, then I can bet that you won't want to live here anymore. No. So yep. let's let's find another way around it. Yeah, you'll be you'll be one of those moving as well. So uh, well, hey, we are going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Um, and we'll wrap up as far as 2023, and well, we'll uh, we'll let Hanson see what his crystal ball holds for the coming year. And uh, you know what? Listen, no matter what, there's never a place for gloom and doom. There's always a silver lining somewhere. And well, if you've been feeling the pinch of maybe difficulties this past year. Uh, hopefully we'll help you see that 
it's really not so bad after all. We will be right back after a short break here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I'm speaking with Hanson Sale of the East Tennessee Realtors Organization. And, well, we're talking a little bit about how 2023 fared. And, um, you know, there was some decline and things. But let's, I, I just want to take a quick jaunt off the trail here. Let's talk a little bit about inventory. Um, you know, we have new home construction blowing up we have some builders that just they can't throw them up fast enough um and and even now finding the right house is not always easy and i think that's the thing that i think might throw us off that trail a little bit is that there's a difference between finding a house and the right house yeah 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 well you know the good news for home buyers is that we're we're definitely poised to see a little bit of an uptick in inventory next year. I mean, we're 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 definitely seeing a lot of new construction, but you know, people have been locked down since the pandemic, mm. just feeling like this isn't the right time to move. There's a lot of economic uncertainty. I think that's starting to ease up, um, and we're starting to see rates fall a little bit. Uh, they've fallen almost a full percentage point over the past month. Uh, but that being said, I mean, is is it going to be a surge of inventory? I'm not convinced of that. What really fun fact is eight and 10 homeowners right now with a mortgage are locked in at a rate below 5%. Um, and right now we're, we're well over six. Uh, so that's going to keep some people from putting their homes on the market. Yeah. But that being said, I definitely think we're in for, for an uptick in inventory, which is all things considered very good for home buyers and really home sellers alike. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, you know, between the increase of the value of the home the increase in interest rates, it's still, it's still a good investment, right? And and here's one of the things, obviously, that we hear all the, oh, I'm, I'm not going to buy now because of interest rates or this and that or whatever. At the end of the day, that interest rate is going to change, right? Get it in that house a year or two years down the road when, they, when the rates change, when they stabilize, you can always refinance, right? And you still have your investment. And when when you do refinance, you just built more equity in your home. Yeah, and, and you know what the the common phrase we use is "marry the house, date the rate." That's right. Um, which is it, it's still a great investment, and so it, it and it's a long term thing. You know, yeah. I tell people who are worried about you know what's happening in the market, should I buy now? I mean, if you're buying for a somewhat of a long term decision, more than a, just a couple of years. You have nothing to worry about. It's right. the people who are trying to flip houses and in the short term are trying to make some some profit. But if you're you're purchasing a home as an investment for you for an extended period of time, you've got nothing to worry about. You you got that right. So well, speaking of nothing to worry about, let's let's talk about the future. Let's talk about Knox County. What uh, tell us what is Advanced Knox and this growth policy we've been hearing about? And if you haven't heard about it, you need to know about it. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. I say uh, Mayor Jacobs uh, walked into office, and I don't think he intended for Advance Knox and a new comprehensive plan to be his legacy, but it will be his legacy. It's one of the most important things we've done uh, really in 20 years. So Advance Knox is this effort to create a new comprehensive plan for Knox County. We haven't done that in 20 years. Um, so long out of date, all of our planning documents are, are two decades old at this point. And essentially, 
essentially, um, it's not just a plan that sits on a shelf. A comprehensive plan is a binding legal document that underlies every development decision we make, whether it be zoning and what's allowed where, um, to capital improvements and infrastructure investment. Um, this plan, every all of our decisions about growth and development have to be consistent with this plan. Uh, so it's going to drive what we see in terms of development for you know, potentially the next 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, so it's one of the most important things we've done, uh, you know, in, in county government in a long time. So wh- where where did this concept, where did this idea come from? You know, we started looking at this this old plan and we were realizing that, um, you know, Knox County's changing. We're, we're not the same as we were in 2000. Um, and so, you know, ultimately, though, what I think, and I don't want to speak for him, but in my conversations with the mayor, um, a lot of this was focused on just the fiscal sustainability of the county. What we've seen over the past 20 years is sprawl. Um, we're mm. seeing continued, uh, you know, development that moves outward that's not yeah. necessarily creating, uh, it's creating a lot of infrastructure burden that if we continue on this outward path of, of you know, taking up a lot of rural land um, without seeing the appropriate density along corridors that financially, uh, you know, this is this is how we keep taxes low is to, to keep development constrained and weigh our infrastructure costs with uh, new development. And so ultimately, I think that's the motivating factor behind this. We needed to update it. But if we want to be sustainable, if we want to keep taxes low and if, if we want to continue to grow, but in a new way, um, this is this was a necessary course of action. And so we're, we're you know, kind of midway through the process. Hopefully, um, you know, we can make some more progress. There's more things to come, but this is a big piece of the puzzle. Well, you know, I mean, let's face we could probably talk for an hour on this topic, but at the end of the day, you know, we've all heard it. Uh, We got all these people are wanting to develop neighborhoods and they're wanting to build and, and you're taking up all the rural properties and all this and that. And, and so then we have other builders who said, okay, we get that. So we're going to build vertical vertically. We're going to make multi-use areas. We're going to have some town center feel options available. And then everybody opposes to that. Mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the day, look, I grew up in farm country in central Illinois and, and this is, it's not just here in East Tennessee. This is everywhere that what's happening is that traditional farmer, that traditional land that's been in the generations forever is now been passed down to a generation that doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. They don't want it. We deal with that a lot where I live in Loudoun County, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into all all that. <laughs> but the problem with with what is happening is that there is a generation that now owns this land. It used to be a farm. They don't want to farm it. They don't. They want to get rid of it. They want to sell it. And guess what? In order for them to sell it, they have to have a buyer. And typically, that's a buyer of somebody who wants to utilize that space. And and then it brings in all this contention in, well, and quite frankly, a, a lot of butting heads in a lot of areas. Um, so like I, said, I know we've kind of diverted off the path a little bit. But again, knowing because I talked to some of my family up in Illinois, and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same way. The generation that owns the land now, they don't want it. So luckily, like if you're in Illinois, you can get a big company that will lease it from you so that they can 
farm it. Yeah. But we don't. You don't have that option here. Well, I, I think you're making a really important point that is something that the East Tennessee Realtors Association as an organization, we're, we're very invested in protecting property rights. And, and to your point, a lot of people have had land passed down uh, through generations, and, and that represents family wealth, what you're mm-hmm. going to be able to pass on to your kids. And so part of our, our organization has been very keen on making sure that you have a right to sell your property for you know, the highest and best use because, you know, we have a lot of people saying, you know, I know you don't want to farm your land, but we're going to tell you that you have to. Right. Um, and that's something that we, we find to be problematic. Obviously, we've got to strike a balance, but, um, you know, that's one thing that we work on pretty, you know, intently is is you deserve to, to be able to sell your property. Nobody's telling you that you have to develop your farm, farm it, and continue to farm it. We encourage that. But if you do want to sell, we always – uh, you know, side on on trying to make sure that whatever regulations we have, we don't limit your ability to pass on you know future generations of 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 your wealth down to your your kids. Because you know, if we tell you you can't develop this land, you know that's that's government saying we're going to dictate how much money you can get for your property, which is is a problem. And I think right. most people who see that feel pretty uneasy. Yeah, yeah, and it is. I mean, let's face it, right? I mean, no different than how I grew up. My my ancestors were adamant that essentially they wanted the generations to come to not have to have that that generational life you, that you didn't have to work the fields and you know they worked hard so that we could have a better life no different than what i do for my kids right now right yeah i want to teach i want them i don't want them to have to have the struggles that i had they're gonna right but mm-hmm. I mean, that's the same thing. And so, you know, when I look back at my family, even now, some of the relatives that still live where are uh, the property and that what is left of the family, but still one of the, probably one of the most prominent members of my family that probably would have been best in line to take over the, the farming tradition, his parents are like, you're going to college, dude. You're, you're going to get an education. You're going to have better than what we had. And, you know, for him, he still stayed in that market. He actually works for a department of natural resources uh, in the state of Illinois. So he took our, you know, mm-hmm. what our family has done and, and took that into, into that. But again, you know, these are, I, I, I play devil's advocate a lot, but it, I think it's, if we don't look at things with a well-rounded perspective, we get stuck in what we want and what we see. And, and at the end of the day, uh, I tell people this all the time, especially like in political lines. If you draw, if you drew a line that was a political line, if you're on the left, normally you're like just standing on the edge of the line on the left, and the person on the right is just standing on the edge of the line on the right. We are much closer than what people, what we see out there, and and I think again, that's what we need to look at when we start looking at the development of our area with land use. And in making things viable and the infrastructure to be able to handle this. Yeah, and that's the beauty of this Advanced Knox project is that, you know, so much, we spend so much time when, when there's that particular piece of property that's going to be developed and there's a lot of emotions. But Advanced Knox and, and planning in advance is, is giving us an opportunity to have those conversations when we're not hyper-focused on a particular piece of property mm-hmm. um, and to have a long, long view. And I think what's important, and, and I don't want to misconstrue 
through advanced Knox at all is, you know, we're, we're honoring a lot of the history of Knox County. Yeah. I mean, the essential, you know, primary goal is to lessen development intensity in some of the rural areas where that infrastructure is not there um, and increase what is available and possible in the county uh, closer in. I mean, when we think about what you mentioned, town centers, North Shore Town Center, that kind of mixed-use development, it's not possible under current county codes. Right. Uh, when you look at the zoning and the comprehensive plan, that's stuff we, we can't make happen. And so there's a, a focus on trying to protect some of that farmland, the, the landscape that makes East Tennessee, East Tennessee, but also you know, encouraging and incentivizing development to go to those places where infrastructure is there. It's not going to cost us as much. Um, and I think there's a lot of importance of having that conversation in advance. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been deeply rooted in a, a public process. Uh, but, you know, and it's going to be controversial. This is a, a, you know, people are passionate about the landscape yeah. and where they grew up. And, yeah. you know, I, I can't, you know, blame anybody for that. And, and it's, it, I mean, look, it's, it's huge. It's a huge decision, right? The, these things are, they're not small and you're right. It, it is, uh, it, it is going to be, you're going to have people on both sides of the conversation. And, and at the end of the day, kind of like we started with, right? The one thing we know in constant is change. And, uh, and, and that's what you really, this initiative is about is making sure that the change is in a healthy, productive way. That's going to be beneficial to all concerned. Exactly. I mean, that that's the way to sum it up. I mean, there's there's this emphasis. I mean, we have to plan for the future. I mean, part of state law tells us we have to plan and to accommodate a growing population. So this is our effort to do that and, and to try to address this sustainability problem of, you know, we can't keep taxes low and continue to go out, out, out. Uh, you know, that is just the, the numbers don't work. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break. Hey, if you've got questions Give us a call, shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. We will return right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. Man, we are, well, we are just a short 30 minutes away of wrapping up the final live broadcast of the year. Um, I, you know, I, I was asked to uh, take over in place of Dawn when she was resigning. She asked, and it's an honor to be able to do so. And hopefully I am... I hope I am at least preserving the show in the qualities that Don would enjoy. So, uh, anyway, with all that said, Mr. Hanson Sale is here with us from East Tennessee Realtors Organization, and while we're 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 talking growth, we're talking development and sustainability, and all these fancy good words <laughs> that we hear all the time. Um, so, w one of the things that we have heard come up, we'll shift gears a little bit. Middle housing, uh, it, it's it's not really a new term, but it's kind of a new term. It's resurfaced a lot lately. Um, and so let's just talk a little bit about that. Let's unpack that. What What is middle housing when we hear that term? 
Yeah, so a lot of people think about it just in terms of affordability. It tends to be more affordable, but that's not what we're talking about. So in the you know 1940s, we started implementing a, a new type of zoning regulation that basically um, got rid of everything in between a single-family home and a large-scale apartment building. So you used to see a lot of duplexes, triplexes, the mm-hmm. small apartment buildings, you know, might have eight units. You see it a lot in, in a lot of the outskirts of, of some of the bigger cities. Um, so it's this middle ground because, and it tends to be smaller units. They they look and feel sort of like a single fam, a big single-family home, but they might have more than one or two units inside. Um, and so that's what has been termed missing middle um you know it's something that people say is a new concept but really we did it all the time uh you know early in the 1900s but it's gone away and it's it's back in vogue um today in part because you know households are getting smaller Um, Mm. you know a whopping 40 percent of of households in the city of knoxville consist of one person living by themselves i think it's it's a third of Knox County. Holy um, cow. So it, it's... Wait a minute. Say, say that again, because I, I hadn't heard this. I had not heard this statistic. Yeah, it, it's wild. So 40-plus percent of households in the city of Knoxville are just one person. So wow. somebody living by themselves. I, I'm one of them. Um, and in Knox County, I think it's about a third. So what we've hmm. seen over the past, uh, you know, really since the 60s is that household sizes are getting smaller and smaller. People are choosing to live on their own. I mean, you know, you think that the people living by themselves are the young people, the millennials, but it's actually the baby boomers. The baby boomers yeah. are the fastest growing sole person households. Um, so basically, we we're, we were left with a mismatch in our housing stock. We've got, you know, 40% of people hmm. who are living by themselves, but you know, a the vast majority of our housing stock is two bedrooms or more. Um, and so that's part of the affordability problem, right, is that, you know, I, I use myself in this example. I live in a three-bedroom house uh, by myself. I don't need three bedrooms, but, uh, you know, I ended up getting three bedrooms because that's all I had to choose from. Right. Uh, and so I paid a little bit more, and I was thankful I could afford it. But, um, you know, a lot of people need a smaller space, not just because that's a preference, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, budgetary constraints wise they need a smaller space and so this initiative um with the city is to create new new zoning regulations that would basically make this type of housing legal again we i like to say uh, re-legalize because it was something we used to do all the time that we just uh you know stopped doing um, huh. at some point in the in the 40s that's interesting yeah i mean in, in your eye you know exactly you, you don't nothing that's being built today is a one two bedroom unless you you know now if you're in a big city right i mean we see it all the time larger cities they have multi-use developments and they have uh, as i used to know them where i used to live at they, they call them the quad and it's basically four four separate housing uh units in one house and you know it's not a new concept and it just blows me away that we have so many singles living in households like that it it's pretty crazy i mean it's it's a huge departure and you know i like the the concept of just how this impacts our housing market is pretty interesting to me so say you know population growth just stopped tomorrow and we were you know growing zero percent a year if our population continues to start changing you know 
maybe some roommates decided to move on their own. Mm. We could have zero population growth. And if people start living on their own at a higher rate, housing demand still growing yeah. despite zero population growth. So it has a really big implication in terms of how do we meet housing needs? And, you know, we, we all hear that story. We know that, you know, we hit 99% occupancy in our rentals mm. um, over the past couple of years. It's it's a very similar scenario in the for sale side. And so, you know, middle housing is one way uh, to, to meet that need. Is it going to solve everything? No. But um, it's also when we get back to, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a policy person at heart and, um, you know, Part of this is thinking what's sustainable in the long run, particularly from a, a you know fiscal standpoint from government. Mm. Um, and this middle housing is going to go. It, it's really designed to be infill housing, so in sure. places where we already have an established neighborhood um, where the infrastructure's there. So it's just housing a few more people um, than might would have been conducive in a single family home. Uh, and you know, a lot of this stuff is really cool. I, I've seen some in other cities that what we have in Knoxville it tends to be historic, and mm. I live in a historic home, so I, I enjoy that. But you know, it's it's a really unique concept. I think uh, it has a lot of potential. We'll see. It's still um, so Knoxville, Knox County Planning Commission passed the plan uh, just this week. Uh, and so it is slated to come to the Knoxville City Council uh, probably next month. Um, and, you know, lots of emotions on both sides mm, of this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's a it's a step forward. And I, I think it's something uh, we need to 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 look at and as an option, because right now I, I say the solution to our, our uh, housing crisis is, a, is an all of the above uh, answer because it's it's a big deal. Mm. I mean, people are feeling the pain, and I think uh, government has a role to play in sort of unleashing the the housing supply. Yeah, well, and, and I will I will just say this: this is probably another reason, in my opinion, why we are so attractive because we have folks like you. Uh, Mayor Jacobs and and just those in our area that are saying, "Hey, look, we gotta, man, we gotta, we gotta put in a plan. We gotta figure this out, right? We're working off of old information. We're working off of old data, and we don't have a plan. So, what can we do? What can we do to make this better? What can we do to make this work for everybody? And I'm just gonna tell you, there's not a lot of areas that do that." Yeah. And, you know, that's what I spend. That's my day job is is working on behalf of the realtors. And we like to say we, we represent realtors and but also homeowners and just, you know, what's good for Knoxville and East Tennessee is good for for realtors. And so I'm fortunate to get to be at the table for these things because, I mean, it's a big deal. What's the yeah. future of Knoxville? We're a, a really awesome cool growing city you know you see the baseball stadium downtown yeah. uh, you're seeing you know record investment in a lot of places mm-hmm. i mean we're growing i just went to a, a presentation about the future of the you know air travel and uh you know knoxville was was pretty esteemed as far as you're yeah. one of the smaller airports yep. that's well positioned for a really strong future so we got a lot of things going for us but i think the important part is that you know what keeps Knoxville Knoxville and what keeps East Tennessee East Tennessee is that foresight of you know how do we handle this and yeah Mm -hmm. we're behind on on the eight ball as every other area in the country is but we are putting a lot of resources and time and energy into thinking how do we do this well Um, there's going to be growing pains but you know ultimately planning it it seems a little uh, you know far-fetched in theory but it's really important I mean government you know controls through land use 
what the future of our, our yeah. city looks like. And so this stuff's really important. And we're lucky to have really two mayors who are invested in, yeah. you know, trying to make sure that we plan and, and do things the right way. Yeah. Well, you're right about that. And, and, and we have folks like you and thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, we're going to take a, well, our last break here before we wrap up the show. But when we come back, if you're going to buy or you're going to sell, we're going to talk about the outlook for 2024 coming up right here on Around the House with Scott Camp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to the final segment of Live Around the House for 2023. What a year. What a year it has been. Um Hey, I am speaking with Hanson Sale, and we're talking, well, we're talking a lot of good stuff, really. All I, the good things. You know, look, I'm I, I'm a statistic guy anyway, so I, I enjoy these conversations because I, I love looking at, at, at the historical data. I love looking at the numbers. I love working through things that way. So uh, I really appreciate what you do. And uh, thank you. Uh, I thank you. you. You have so much information and knowledge uh that obviously is supportable because you have the statistics so thank you for that um well as i alluded to before the break what's 2024 have in store yeah you know the crystal ball um nobody ever knows but you know i i I, you know us economists want to make a a you know informed uh you know best educated guess and and what it looks like in terms of of where we're going. So on on the mortgage rate side, we're, we're seeing really positive news. I mean, inflation has continued to fall, this whole soft landing concept of no recession. Um, it's not a historically common scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, very few times in history have we seen the Fed, uh, you know, raise rates at such dramatic pace and there not be a recession. But pretty much every sign we have right now is good. Yeah. Um, I'm still a little weary, but, um, you know, it looks like we're going to see rates fall uh, probably close to 6% by the end of the of 2024. That's great news for home buyers. Um, we're going to see a really marked improvement in affordability. Um, I, I foresee that we're, we're going to see home price growth slow down. You know, it's, it's I think, since 2019, home prices are around 87,000 or uh, 87% higher than they were in, in 20, uh, 2019. So, I mean, big deal. A house that was 250 uh, in 2019 is, you know, 462,000 mm-hmm. today. So, um, you know, I think we're going to see that level off. We're going to see potentially some improvement in home sales when we look at there's going to be more buyers with the affordability starting to ease um you know more inventory is a great thing uh, people are, are not going to have to uh you know be so desperate to find something uh so you know but i've been calling what i said last year and, and i think this is going to be a continuation is that we're going to see something of a nobody's market um you know over the past couple of years sellers have had this distinct advantage mm. of you know you've got 20 offers and you know you can yeah. select the terms right. essentially uh, i think we're going to see that start to fall away we're going to see a lot more balance buyers are just going to continue to pull some leverage um and and we're going to you know there's going to be times in the year where sellers are a little bit advantaged or times mm-hmm. in the year where buyers might have sure. an advantage, but uh, I say nobody's market, not that nobody's winning. It's just there's no distinct advantage, uh, you know, as we start to moderate. Everybody, you know, has been, I know a lot of people suspect or 
you know, are interested or, or feel like there's going to be some huge moment where everything changes. But I think we're on a slow path of getting back to the, you know, baseline of the housing market that, you know, COVID just sent us into a spiral that, you know, quite frankly, was unprecedented in modern history. And yeah. we're starting to, to, you know, thaw out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, in, in a, a lot of corrections came from COVID and, you know, I, I mean, look, um, it is what it is, right? Uh, uh, everything happens the way it's supposed to. And so I, I'm going to leave that as it may, but you know, when you say a nobody's market to me, that just speaks of health. That means it, that means we're in a healthy market. That means we're not, we're not from one extreme to another. And quite frankly, that's the best that we could hope for. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I try to, I, you know, I get to speak in into the business community, realtors, um, all kinds of different nonprofit organizations. And that's mm -hmm. something, you know, the point that you just made is something I've been trying to get across is, you know, what we've seen over the past couple of years have, has really been unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it might have been good for our economy in terms of, you know, it, it boosted GDP growth and sure. you know, we were, we, it was booming, but as far as sustainability, and that's what I care the most about is how do we keep our market sustainable? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't want that boom bust cycle that you see elsewhere. I mean, we want to make sure that Knoxville stays uh, healthy and sustainable because ultimately that's in the best interest of home buyers and home sellers uh, and homeowners and renters. It's, it's in the best interest of everybody. And that's, it's in part why we've been talking about uh, these growth and development issues because mm -hmm. that plays a role into how do we make sure that we're a sustainable market. Um, you know, we've got work to do. I mean, as of as this last quarter, uh, Knoxville is, is number four in the United States for home price growth um, year over year. So we're still seeing, seeing strong growth, but it's moderating. Right. Um, and, I, you know, I think that's a good thing, all things considered, because, you know, Double-digit price growth over year over year over year is just not something that you know local wages are going to sustain, um, and you know it starts hedging away at our our advantage, uh, which has always been we're an affordable place to live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get on those crazy extremes, and and I we had uh, built a house and it was mid construction when COVID hit, and uh, so we dealt with some issues there. But the benefit was is that. I was able to pay for the the house at pre-COVID price. Um, and then once we got in the house, the value of the house, it, I mean, it almost doubled. Uh, we could have, I could have turned around and sold our house, made a nice profit. But then the flip side of that was all that profit would have just simply transferred into a different house that probably was not going to be as much house as what I have. You know, you know, that's what I when we talk about this lock in effect um, is what I call, you know, the number of homeowners with rates well below uh, the, the prevailing rate. I mean, it's, it's hard because, you know, where you, you're going to sell high, buy high, uh, you know, you, you cash out and it's like, well, you know, you could <laughs> an equivalent home uh, for, you know, is your mortgage payments going to be higher? So it's, right. it's, a, it's a really weird scenario. And I'll say, uh, you know, this we're in a scenario that you know, a lot of people like to say, you know, this is another 2008 or another, you know, whatever period of history. And, and I like to say, you know what, we're actually in a, a period of this has never happened before. Yeah. We have never seen this number of, we, oh, we've never seen mortgage rates as low as they were. And so 
by account of that, we've never historically never been in a, a scenario where the vast, vast majority of homeowners had low interest rates, well below the prevailing rate. So it's a historically unprecedented moment. But I think, you know, moving forward, we're, we're well positioned to continue to see growth, but to see things pull back um, and, and not be so, uh, you know, crazy, if that's really the only word to, that yeah. comes to mind. Crazy is it. Hanson, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hey, if you want to learn some more of these statistics, go to etnrealtors.com, and you can find more information there about our local market. If you missed part of today's show, you can always find it on hissecurity.com at the HTH Radio tab or where you listen to your favorite podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our peek into the future of Knox County with Hanson Sales of East Tennessee Realtor Association. Round the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. This is our last live broadcast of the year. I really appreciate Don Steimer and the folks at Cumulus Radio for trusting me to carry the torch in 2023. It's been a real privilege to host this program. We will be back in 2024. In the meantime, I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, And I will talk to you on January the 6th. Thank you again. Enjoy your time around the house.